Hey, Dame. What's good? You know, I was curious. We've been home for a minute now recording remotely. And, you know, I just feel like I've had so much more time on my hands. I've been listening to more music, watching more shows, engaging with more podcasts. And I was curious, have you listened to any podcasts recently? Nope. Still no. I, I make this and I watch things and I love all you podcast listeners because you make this work possible. <laughs> but all you other podcasters, don't ask me. I have not heard your podcast. I'm really sorry. It is no hard feelings. I don't listen to my own. <laughs> if you were. If I were to listen though, to a podcast. I know where I would go. Where would you go? I'm going to check out Overcast. Overcast is an independent podcast app that embraces the open world of podcasting instead of locking it down. No exclusives, no premium content, no paywalls, just a great podcast app for everyone. Yeah, I love independence. I love free things. This sounds like where I'm going to have to go uh, step into this game of podcast listening. Podcast for the people. Get it for free on the App Store. Hello. Hey. This is Ergo. It is indeed. I am Kiss. I am Damon, and I am feeling whole. I'm feeling grounded. I'm feeling like we are at our center. How are you, family? I feel pretty similarly. It feels really good to to be doing what we've done for this episode. Um, for those who have been longtime listeners to Ergo, I mean, first of all, you know what we do is, let's see how fast I can say it, showcase the folks reshaping the culture of Chicago and beyond for the more equitable and more creative. But <laughs> I didn't know how that would go. But, you know, for the first half of Ergo's lifetime, we interviewed a lot more culture workers, artists, musicians, poets, rappers, singers, and partially because of our interests and also partially just because of the world, that focus really shifted in the last year and a half. Um, and we're excited to figure out how to bring this piece of the conversation back onto Ergo, back onto the line, uh, and back into what we do. And so for all you new listening radicals without rhythm, <laughs> it, it, it is important, right? Not just, you know, we say these things of like, art is transformative or art is at the center of community or, or we have, you know, this equity and creativity in our taglines. But what this conversation reveals is the ways in which those who are intentional in engaging this creative process are always activating and engaging and wrestling with these like contradictions within self and these tensions that we're holding that are related to these big structural things we're always trying to fight against and change or are causing these depressions or these crises. And it's good to just talk to the homies that are working through their craft and their practices to meditate on some of these contradictions that we're all forced to live through. And also, we just like talking to musicians. It's a whole different vibe. It's fun in a really different way. Um, and so what we've done is we've created this new format for some Ergo episodes called A Listening Party. We didn't invent listening parties, obviously, <laughs> but it is kind of like my favorite event format out in the before times pre-COVID world. Like, I love a concert, but the like show up to a listening party, a project just came out, the artist is there, happy to talk about it and share it with, you know, usually a pretty intimate group. Uh, the best part of a listening party, Damon, I'm sure you will agree with this thesis. Oh, it's twofold. It's twofold. I have mastered the art of optional seating at listening parties. It is great. If you know us, you know that we are a fan of making sure that at least 
a healthy portion of a crowd can sit down. So that's what we're doing. We're sitting down, having these conversations. <laughs> Secondly, the hors d'oeuvre game <laughs> can be on point. So we've missed out on listening parties in this quarantine world. And so we brought the mind here to talk about his amazing, amazing new project, Don't Let It Go To Your Head. So there's kind of two prototypes for this model. Um, one is the first time I ever heard someone do this on a podcast, kind of going track by track through a project and talking about it with the artist was the legendary Combat Jack, who in many ways as an interviewer and podcaster has informed a lot of the work we've done. But then also the first time, Damon, that you and I saw each other in Chicago after we graduated was at a wonderful listening party for Mick Jenkins' The Waters. Um, do you remember that? Oh, absolutely. It was at YCA. It was one of the uh, first public pop-outs of me and Jennifer, my, my now long-term partner. So we have fondness of that day. Uh, <laughs> but it was really an, an amazing project. And it's full circle because not only was that like a moment that there's so much nostalgia for, we always want to recapture, but also the first voice you hear on that project is this amazing crooner uh, who's been <laughs> a part of this Chicago scene hailing out of Philly. And so it's just great to see the growth over these last six or so years uh, uh, of a really phenomenal artist that that's coming out of an amazing artistic community that has, I'll say it, changed the world and the landscape of, of sound and independent artistry specifically. So like I mentioned, what we're going to do is go through four or five tracks from the project Don't Let It Go To Your Head, which came out recently. Um, and we'll kind of use those songs as a jump off point to talk to the mind about how they were developed and then also just some of the ideas that he's been wrestling with um, in his creative life, personal life, and in relation to the world. So you are now invited to the listening party for Don't Let It Go To Your Head by The Mind. It's going down. I can't think of anybody better to be doing this with, honestly. We have the mind on the call, burr, burr, on the burr, line, burr, in the building. Yo, 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 yo. What's good, what's good, what's good? <laughs> we back. Let's do it. Family, what's up? Yo, so we're about to do something a little new, but before we do, let's just warm up the space with a two-part question, as we always do our check-in. In this time, that could be this day, this hour, this season, this wild year, this lifetime, however you define the time, however that's working for the mind right now. In this time, how is the world treating you and how are you treating the world, family? Uh, the world is treating me kindly today. Uh, and um, I- I'm trying to give that energy right back to the world. <laughs> but it's, you know what I'm saying? It's been a, it's been a tumultuous uh, couple of days but like no I'm, i think i think we're, we're good we're good it's a very kind energy in the air right now oh yeah do you do you feel like you're getting more comfortable with tumult as everything just tumults or like you said you said it's tumultuous is that getting easier obviously the circumstances change but like are there new tools in the toolbox for that patience for for one thing i think for sure i think like uh 
the other thing is, honestly, I'm, I think I'm just getting used to chaos, if that makes any yeah. sense. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? I'm just becoming very comfortable to to the storm, which has kind of been like the story, the lifelong story now. It actually scares me when things go right, if I'm being completely honest with you. It terrifies me now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, shit, some shit go, like, an earthquake or <laughs> some shit go happen. Like, it's going to be fucked up. So, yeah, it kind of terrifies me when things go right now, which is a terrible feeling. Yeah. Hopefully we've like controlled the variables enough that from a recording standpoint, the next hour, like there's no, there's no earthquake over your shoulder. Um, Thanks. But if it does happen, I'll be like, damn, Murphy's Law, I'm out of here. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a, that's here. a bad thing to have named for you. Whatever the fuck he was on. Bro, I literally have a, I have a song called Murphy's Law and it, I don't want to think it'll ever hear the live day because I believe that songs are spells and I don't want to put that in like <laughs> that should really be the energy of my life. So we are here um, for for the deep ergo fans. We talked to the mind probably back in in 2017. Uh, I think I think three, maybe even 2016. I think it was 2016. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really so so we're going on for almost damn almost five years uh, since we last checked in. And so anybody after you hear this conversation, go back. Because uh, it was a really beautiful conversation where there was parts of your story that I didn't know and that I hadn't heard you share before um, that I really appreciated. And so go check that out. But we are back here doing something new. Uh, folks who may be newer to the space might not know that, you know, as we started this show, the, the, the musical scene, the creative scene, the poetic scene of Chicago was so important for one, just like the development of our people to the, the creativity of the space. Also, I think these like larger notions of freedom, community, independence, interdependence, and the mind and the whole like them people family uh, is really central to that. So it's really um, exciting to be back in the space, um, talking about your work because you just released an amazing project. Don't let it go to your head. Um, in not letting it go to your head, you're gonna let us kind of pick your brain or pick the mind a little bit. Uh, and yeah. yeah, yeah, we're gonna go to we're gonna be a little heady about the project and go through it. Um, shout out to Matt Muse, by the way. If you haven't heard it, definitely listen. You're gonna get some clips here. Uh, but Matt Muse today just posted that this might be the album of the year uh, for oh, So wow. shout out to Matt Moody, yeah, who yeah. we should talk to again. Uh, oh, but but I think he's right. I think that there's something special about what you did, about what you put together. Damn, um, and in this setup, I just want to tell one story about how much I admire you um, and how it, it relates to, to, I think, what we're about to do here. Um, Would you it, say that this is giving some gas? This is some gas. This is some gas. All this right. is some, definitely some gas. This is definitely some I gas. I just wanted to know yeah, whether yeah, to yeah, put yeah, the yeah. giving some gas oh, yeah, yeah, sound no, We're we going to gas up yeah. the mind right here. Uh, and I want to go back to the first time I met you. And it was in your home, I want to say in 2013. And it was in the summer and it was some like art show that happened somewhere. And a whole bunch of us like teeny boppers, like early 20 somethings, <laughs> ni- like the 19 to 22 year olds somehow was like, yeah, we go, we go to L, we go to Bug and Zig's crib after this. Right. And I don't feel yeah. like y'all actually knew how many people were about to come over. Um, and you were in the middle of a session. And then this like kickback emerged in your space while you were recording and experimenting. And like people weren't really paying attention, but as somebody who was like in the studio space, two things were happening. It's like, first, this shit is dope as hell. <laughs> but more importantly to what we're about to do right now, that is a really focused and courageous person because mm. I don't know this nigga. You know what I'm saying? And he is right, in there right, right. experimenting with his work and it did not stop a beat, right? Like it's now kids right. are here laughing and joking and like, one, there was a courage of I'm still doing my shit. I'm still experimenting. I'm still asking questions. Uh, but also there was an openness 
of hospitality of I know all y'all was going to be over here. I don't even know this dude. Right. And like, this is studio right. faux pas, right? Like I was aware yeah. that we are overstepping. We should not be here right now. <laughs> but it was all love and all cool. And that's what this, you know, you accepting this invitation feels like to me of like allowing us into your process, into your home, into your space, um, into some work that's really beautiful, but really personal and intimate. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being you. Um, and thank you for being an inspiration and I think a role model for our artistic community in, in, in a real way. Thanks. So, Thanks. So that's how I want to kick it off that's my gas to get us going i appreciate it i appreciate <laughs> do you remember that day you, you know what i'm talking about i do actually i do <laughs> were I you do, annoyed i do remember it you were so gracious no okay. not at all <laughs> see <laughs> i think i think i think at that point in time we had opened up like we we didn't open up that space like that all the time but like it it was times when it would like even get crazier than yeah. that <laughs> it feels like damon's been waiting five years to know whether you were annoyed or not. That's <laughs> yeah, <very funny>. yeah. <laughs> Did I make a good first impression is the real (laughs) real reason why I got you. That's what we're naming this episode. Yeah. Um, Fucking hilarious, bro. So what we're gonna do is go through probably four songs from the project. Um we'll play some clips and then use that kind of as jumping off points to to talk about what you were thinking as you built the project, but also just like where else you're wrestling creatively and with the world in this Mm. in this tumult. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. Cool. So first track we'll do let's go with uh with free trial to start us off. Let's go. Let me share my oh, this is snazzy. This is fancy. <laughs> <It's crazy. laughs> Shit. You got some change? I'm always for the non-profit beat. Yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Let's go. Let's fucking go, bro. Wanna spend a lifetime come back a feet? Snuck it through the back door, never made a peek. Cause ain't shit for free. Out of the moon is cocoon and they wait for us to bloom like June 21st on burst man lands we solstice the earth I feel blessed when I'm supposed to crash He's so smooth. Bro, he, he has one of the greatest rap voices. Like it's like up there with uh, Rick Ross. Like he sounds so at home. Yeah. 
A natural inclination, I predict precipitation. We unzip the information, it's encrypted basics. Soul transportation with love and tenacious. We underline the face shit. It's a new war inspired by the wooden horse inside a torch light that got a whole force. Feel the giant souls. Level out of Ivory Ghost. How I learn to flow. Somewhere on the Ivory Coast where they found a gold. Sick and tired of sitting down. Acting sick and tired of burn weed. Cheap burn beast and burn out like tires. Limits lying. No tracing metal like that. And I don't got any bread. I'll be stacked high. Listen, lie, I am going to talk a whole lot of truth. I ain't with your group. We gon' send this fucker through the roof of your descendant. Don't get cannibal, you overdose. Step back, wait, think, breathe. Got you in comatose. I'm like Marshawn, it's a shame how y'all on my shoulders. A soldier, while out the doors, yeah. I'm tearing shit up like Rosier from back on hand, but no trapping. I seen in the fate and crack. Now I'm cracking up at y'all acting redacted. Why you think I contract all my interactions? They masking some of these facts. How you think it's happening? They happen, but no little feedback taxing. I'm feeding Pharaoh the Sultan King. Fuck your kudos. Said fuck a job. I'm like Jaffa Fit. Never fool me like judo. You wasn't there when niggas was eating. Grilled cheese and ramen noodles A euro I'm from another planet like calendars All this pussy and applause turn niggas to animals So I pull back the equate from new vantage point You see how to live for less than these supersonics like bad noise Couldn't get around my plate if you was a motherfucking bad boy Fat joy Twitches making them pockets fat boy And they can't stand yeah. on this Yeah, 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 there it was Alright V marks that shit, bro So One of the things that okay two things okay three things okay <laughs> a bunch of things we got hella things coming <laughs> first of all i just love watching the face of people listening to their own music it's one of my favorite things in the world to do oh, um, let's go. <laughs> two one of the things that i think you did across the whole project and i think this song is a great example of it is you brought the best out of so many people on their features mm. like the list of features and the verses on here are so strong and i've had a long-standing theory that i'm curious what you think which is that you can almost always tell how close the relationship between like a feature artist and the person mm. whose song it is. Um, like a really good feature almost never is on a song where they don't know each other. Do you think mm -hmm. that's true? Obviously, it's a huge generalization. But yeah, how much do you think those relationships play into it? I think those work hand in hand. But I also think that the thing that I think the, that people focus in the most uh, is if you choose an artist, there's this competitive nature that goes into it you mm -hmm. know what i'm saying and you don't want to be outdone so that that works on one end but then the the relationship between two artists or whatever like that uh if you look at something like a, a andre and frank you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. where it's just like mm -hmm. this has become a staple andre 3000 is going to be on every frank ocean <laughs> album like you know what i'm saying we know to expect that and it's probably going to be the only andre verse we hear that year you know what i'm saying <laughs> but the, then the relationship aspect of it all is just like i just have a mutual respect for these individuals and i just yeah. want to make sure that i don't do them a disservice because like mm. most of the times if they are a friend i just want to put out the best work possible for them you know what i'm saying some shit that people come back and look at, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if I look at, like, Sirens on Saba's album exactly. or whatever like that, Busy Sirens or whatever like that, like, I remember Saba not liking that shit, bro. <laughs> like, I remember him being like, I don't, like, he was on some shit where he he really didn't, he was like, I expected you to do something else. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And so he was like, yo, come to the studio, like, tomorrow or whatever like that. And I was like, all right, if you need me to re-hit it, I, I got you, we could do something else. Came to the studio the next day and he was just like, 
bro, I'm tweaking that shit out. He said, oh, wow. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you were saying I'm the fuck he didn't out. like your shit at first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, my shit on that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he was crazy. like, I'm wild as hell for that. Yeah, he was like, I'm wild as hell for that, funny. dog. That shit's hot as hell. I'm tweaking. You're like, I, so, sat in, I sat in traffic for you to stand corrected. You know what I'm saying? Like, But like a lot of times, like what you do is you just got, you just got to give it time because like people, especially with features or whatever like that, people expect you to do something that they see you doing in their head. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Perspective is a motherfucker. So then if you picture me doing something and I don't do that, you then have to get out of whatever hole you were to say like, this is what I thought they were going to do to see what they're, what, what I actually yeah. It's like boxing. So, so in, mm-hmm. in this track, Free Trial, I'm very curious always in terms of like the order of sequence of like what mm-hmm. came first, how the inspiration happened, how the elements connected. Um, so on this track, we got the features with uh, Felix and Kari. And then I think this baseline itself is its own feature, right? Like it, it is, it right, is right. a character that is like as prominent <laughs> as a verse or a hook itself. It's not just like a yeah. melodic, you know, addition. Um, so I, I'm curious for you, you know, the ain't shit for free. Um, what was the origin for this this piece? Was was it the sound? Was it the, the poetic inclination? Was it the 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 idea of these relationships? Of I want to collaborate with with these homies. Uh, how did how did this one come about? in relation to the whole project? Actually, I think Free Trial was one of the last songs that came mm-hmm. to the project. I was putting together a track list and it was a bunch of other songs that were on there and it just didn't have like some hits, like, you know what I'm saying? Like some some like bangers, mm-hmm. like to like kind of like move through or whatever, like that production wise. Like, and I don't really think like topic wise, it was like kind of missing that. But like, I think like production wise, it was just missing like these things. So like, a lot of times what I what I do is I write four songs that are similar and then I pick the one out of that that like actually mm. fits in the mold perfectly. Mm. Free trial was the one that just like kind of broke this even line that was mm-hmm. going throughout the entire project. And you kind of just want to break the monotony sometimes or whatever like that. And free trial allowed that to happen. When you say you write four songs, that means like a cappella, you have four different or not like i record okay. i record four separate songs or four different pieces of production attempting the same the same goal mm-hmm. attempting the same exact to say the same exact thing and like which one of these comes across best like you know what i'm saying which one of these says the point uh without all of, mm. like it trims the fat around it so with free trial i think i had like that was like probably like my second attempt at that um and the p has sent over that beat it didn't have all of like it had the baseline for sure but it didn't have like the keys and everything else in there like yet we didn't add that until I told him that I was putting Felix on it. Cause he initially was like, yo, can you get Felix to play either a bass or some keys on here? And I was like, bro, the bass on this bitch is crazy already. Like, why would I, <laughs> why, why would, would I ask this? him to put like, like, why would we do that? You know what I'm saying? And, uh, so I then did the, uh, bloom, 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 bloom. And I sent that voice memo to him and then he played that out. And then it became how that breakdown happens right after mm. the verse and so mm-hmm. on and so forth. I chose Felix and Kari on some like texture shit. Yeah. I cannot stop hearing Kari's voice on it. You know what I'm saying? And Felix is like uh, one of those people who I feel like is like a, a Swiss army knife. Like he can literally <laughs> do anything. Um, and I just didn't know what to expect from him. And so I was just like, because of that, I was just like, dog, I just want to see what he would do on this fucking record. You know what I'm saying? How um, funny is it? This is a unrelated side note that the like mm. 
classic knife is a Swiss Army knife, <laughs> and the Swiss the Swiss are like famous for not being involved in wars. Like they are like we are neutral, <laughs> but our knife shit. Army. Yeah, it's like they're just walking around with corkscrews in their pocket. It's and just very funny. But it makes sense though, because actually, aren't the best knives? Like who's actually? They are not. <laughs> they just have a, a lot of shit. That's over. a that's a neutral <laughs> ass knife right there. It's more just a tool. Than a knife. It's basically like uh, like you know what we don't do on this. Like we don't use the knife. Screwdriver, <laughs> everything else. You gonna open your beard up? <laughs> yeah, for real. I can promise you that. If you can uh, do anything leisurely. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I want to go into the lyrics and one of the strands that runs throughout and I know also just in the conversations you've had around the project is the years long challenge of like artistic independence and ownership mm-hmm. um, and, and what we can get into some of that conversation around industry. There's a parallel that you draw between that mm-hmm. and nonprofits that I really want to pull out a little bit um, mm-hmm. because I think we sometimes think of them as separate, but especially in Chicago, like the artistic community the industry that they're like deeply intertwined with on a day to day that helps so many artists or is the space where so many artists pays their bills is the teaching mm-hmm. artist world, nonprofity world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious for you, like, you know, between helping a whole lot of kids that line and then the nonprofit line, where's the source of, of that line? What's the experience that, that brought that forward? And how do you see that connection between some of the industry shit and the nonprofit world? Mm. When I perform that song, I actually say, Fuck a nonprofit if they the only ones in this bitch profiting. And the reason why I changed it or whatever like that is because I do believe that there's this aspect of like self-promotion that then comes in like all of these aspects of it. And I've seen motherfuckers pay their own bills and the people that they were meant and set up to serve get like washed up and washed away or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. And because of that, it's been like, I mean, as a person who grew up in, in foster care and watched motherfuckers abuse their power that was giving to them, like, mm. you know what I'm saying? As far as, like, you were set here to protect me. You know what I'm saying? You were sent here and, like, you get funds under the guise that, like, you're going to do this and then you end up doing something solely for yourself, um, which is okay if that's what you said that you were going to be mm. doing. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not what you came out to say. You came out and said that you were here to help these individuals. These people are still hurting and still, and you on the other side are like dressed up in Balenciagas and this, this, that, and the third talking about free to youth. Like, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, I can't, that correlation between those two or whatever like that like, yeah. started pressing my soul. And then the 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 aspect of like motherfuckers who like kind of twist and bend um, if the culture, not even the culture, if the community comes to you and says like, hey, don't do this. <laughs> Please. Just as clear as you can be. Just as clear, you know what I mean? And you say, I think that this is what's best. Then I think that that's a direct line in the sand that you've drawn that said that I'm not for these individuals. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm for self. And I think that part of the nonprofit game is what kind of like pisses me off. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, not to get too too big on the structural, but that's that's really interesting because I think to to your point, Kiss, like there there is this overlap between, and that's kind of the point of the show uh, of this of artistic community and community work, movement, service, political organize, right? Like that whole sphere, um, and what they reveal is a level of like exploitation within capitalism that we don't talk about, right? Like it's not the factory, it's not Amazon. Uh, And so the way in which 
a music executive or an executive director are exploiting a base that is supposed to be around, right? Like art, for example, is supposed to be around creativity or is supposed to be around service and need or addressing inequality or poverty, right? Like that, that these are these hidden exploitations in our economy or in capitalism that are so embedded. And so, yeah, no, that's, that's really deep. I didn't even hear all of that critique that, that clearly in there. But I also heard this notion of like sacrifice, right? Like even sleep isn't free. The question I had to make it simple is like, ain't shit for free. Um, what did you pay or what have you been paying? <laughs> <laughs> like you, <laughs> what haven't I paid? I think like, you know, I was having this conversation with like uh, a friend of mine um, and we were having a conversation about how capitalism as a whole factors in how much sleep you need to be productive as an employee. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And how that itself isn't free either. Like, you know what I'm saying? This is a calculated loss. You know what I'm saying? Like they told you to do six doubles. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro. And then they was just like, hey, take two days off. Like, you know what I mean? Because you wouldn't be able to do anything else. That that was kind of the 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 critique that I wanted to make. But also with myself, I wasn't doing music full time until probably like after like I want to say 2016. Mm-hmm. Um and then prior to that, like I was literally working odds and in jobs for like Trunk Club, which was a, a, just a glorified factory. Um, like, you know what I'm saying? And um, Trunk Club, fucking Macy's. Uh, I was bus being a bus boy. I was just doing all types of odds and in weird. Definitely go back and listen to our last episode to hear the story of the cover band. That shit was super. Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh my God. I, I ain't even want to bring that up. I remember that, that, that we, so, we definitely talked about that shit. Bruh. Oh, Bruh. In the archive. And so, like, all of that shit, you know what I'm saying? All of those shit. It was just like really trying to like make something give. You know what I'm saying? Where I felt like my efforts, at least if I was working for someone, I was working for myself. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I could calculate those hours of sleep that could be deducted from my check. You know what I mean? And um, I'm finally think. nah, I'm still not there. But like, I still like, I, I feel like I'm finally moving towards that direction though. You know what I'm saying? Where it's self-sufficiency. Here's a thread. And I think we can, we can get to another track after this. So this is not even specific to this track, but just hearing you speak uh, a thread in terms of the content but then the process itself that I want to talk through is unsureness, even the concept itself of don't let it go to your head, this idea of questioning. So I, so I heard you mention, you know, the P who, who produced the project, who I think that baseline is one of the hottest moments sonically of the whole project. Mm-hmm. And so hearing him question or be unsure about something so fire, hearing the story, you know, you talked about sad with Sirens, like obviously Sirens was the standout yeah. piece and hearing that like there was this, it took this 24 hours of unsureness to work through. Um, yeah. Hearing you say that yeah. you, you you record the same idea four different ways to get through this unsureness. Uh, so, so I'm hearing it on the, on the, the, the process level. So as an artist, I think all artistic people listening will always need help and guidance of like, how do we work through this confidence or lack of confidence that we're always battling? But then secondly, I feel like the piece itself is about questioning without it allowing you to be stagnated by your questioning, mm-hmm. right? Paralysis right. by analysis. Yeah, yeah, type of yeah. Thing, yeah. And so yeah. that's not a specific question for right now, but that's something that I'm hearing that like, as we're going through all of these pieces, how do your processes push you through unsureness? It's something I'm really mm-hmm. interested mm-hmm. in. So if you have a first response to that, you can get to it. But if not, we can go to it to another track. Um, I do have one. There's a song missing from this track mm. that, that we couldn't end up clearing or whatever like that. Like not clearing, but like I couldn't, Get mm-hmm. the sign off on it. I might still release it, probably like on a vinyl or something like that. But it kind of 
starts the story off by then breaking the fourth wall of being like, hey, here's what we do. Like, you probably wonder how I got here. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a song that kind of, kind of does that. It's called God Don't Like Ugly. And um, it's it's literally dealing with like this whole self-deprecation thing that I do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? In which it's just like, I have imposter syndrome. Like, I suffer from mm. that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I, I constantly believe that I don't belong in the spaces and the rooms that, you know what I'm saying, that I I feel like I've worked my ass off, even right there, that word, like, I I feel like, like, you know what I'm saying, that I've worked my ass off to get into. Um, you know, there's a part of that that um, I'm kind of trying to prove to myself that I am who I say that I am. Um, and so, like, that unsureness, uh, if anything, is just this battle, this one-on-one game that I have with myself literally every day to be like, come on, bro, you weak as shit, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like oh, you, know you Hollywood. <laughs> you feel me like you know what i'm saying and and i think that like the peanut gallery going into that self-deprecating track uh was or like this this lens on self-deprecation or whatever like that um, and that's how i heard it you are the peanut gallery in that in that space right yes yeah. exactly 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 so yeah it's it's tough, man. Which is also, you just reveal the the real theme of all 200 whatever odd episodes of this show is that we all are feel mm. imposter syndrome. And so for yes. folks listening, like just trying to, you are somebody who I think is inspirational. And so uh, for those who who have admiration, knowing that we are all feeling this and like, let that shit go. Don't let it go to your head. All right. Next yeah. one. Let's go. You feel <laughs> there we go. All right. Let's, uh, I think the next one we said was Craig, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sure. Let's 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 give it a listen. Woke up on the wrong side of twenty five. Darker shade of brown. Bills come more than good ideas. Little baby won't let me live it down. Ain't no tutorials on how it's supposed to go. Uh, fight or flight floods. Wish we could walk on water. Talk to your daughter about how you and her mama used to share tender moments over Popeyes chicken tenders only on Tuesday. Doing specials, but she's special. So come catch it. It was nothing till mama met you. Just energy stardust. Some of the movies they'd watch as kids are just memories starting us. Some Twitter they thumbs to fate finds them the right one. That's just the game they come from. Parallel that to your Xbox One or PS4 controller. They ain't getting better. They just getting over. Candles flicker before getting washed away by daylight. Even if the world turns quicker, I can't live no faster. I can't get no older and still die young. I ain't about to just roll over. How did we get this now? Maybe these cold winters did a sin. Maybe the devil yelled, finish him. I pray these bullets miss my kin. I seen kids in pools of blood that never learn to swim. Maybe we don't look like kids to them. Told my little brother, stains of wet sentiment. Y'all still missing my sentiment. Hands to wet cement. 
Has them hot and helping Getting us out these predicaments Breaking cycles, stream my shit on title Forbes count my pennies first Get them dollars to those who came up like you Never claim we curse I'm just saying Quit playing Before we all get hurt So, so many things that first stand out. The takeaway that I think this song exemplifies that is throughout the whole album to the word I used at the beginning of this is a very like intimate piece, uh, but it's intimate without being romantic in a mm-hmm. way that I really appreciate, mm-hmm. right? Like it's it's not just like love song or breakup songs or or just like traditional right, heartbreak. Right. Uh, but there was a there was an interiority or like I feel like we're in the home. You know, in some of these. So I'll let you hop in, Daniel, on like some of the specifics. But that's just one of the first takeaways that was really effective of I feel like we're in the place with you. Mm. Thank you. That's perfect. And I also think it's one of the like great openings to a song. And so I'm curious with that wrong side of 25. <laughs> yeah. So the, the, the last time we talked, Ooh, you smacked me we were all shit, on, the right, on the right side of 25. <laughs> that shit was Fact. painful. Yeah. <laughs> So I think my real question is, do you feel old? Uh, I did. I did for a while. And I, I don't anymore. And the reason why I don't anymore is because, you know, I talk to like my little brother like almost like every day now. He's 15. And uh, I don't think that I'll probably feel old until he tells me that I'm old. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when he... When he sits up there and be like, yo, you old as shit. Like, then after that, I'm like, damn, I'm old. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? Like, Does he know it. he has he, this power? He said it. Does he know he has the old stick? No, no, no. And I'm going to probably never let him hear <laughs> this, this interview. Everybody else, except for little so bro, that, needs to listen to this. Everybody else can hear it, but, but he can't. Because, uh, like, uh, yeah, that shit is, uh, I think that's the crazy thing about age, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't feel any different than I felt when I was 23 years old. Mentally, the things that have changed have been more drastic than the things that have changed exterior-wise. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mentally, my patience is there. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm not the exact same person that I was at 20, 23, because there was, like, like, I didn't have any hills that I would die on at 23. You now didn't I have think, any hills uh, that you would die on at 23? No, no. So what you're saying is you're more principled? Yes. As much or as little as you want to share, what feel like the non-negotiables now? Uh, my non-negotiables is uh Peace. I let people disrupt my my peace a lot more when I was 23. And when you're a kid, you just do that because you don't realize that people are impeding on like yeah. your peace in general. Um, and so now I just cut it off. I just cut it at the knee. I'm just like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. Like being angry and arguing is not a sport or a game. I don't know why it's we not. thought that was so fun. It's not. It's, it's, we <laughs> the, thought that that shit, that was, shit was thrilling. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, you want to go two rounds? Let's go. Like, no, bro. Like, I don't want to argue. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy how much I don't argue now. Like, it's wild. Like, it's actually like, it's act, like when I think about it, it's just like, damn, dog, I'm damn near disrespectful because I won't argue with you. I'm like, oh, 
They're like, for sure. For sure, bro. <laughs> you got I love, it, I love that the person you're arguing with says for sure and you say for sure. <laughs> exactly. Like, for sure, bro? For sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you feeling that's how I felt yeah. man. You know so, so to this agent thing I think that's just like you know part of the world part of this you know social media millennial gen X thing of like a very youth driven culture but I think it's it's super specific to, to the hip hop space and that's mm-hmm. something that somebody who like has has stepping back and want to like re-engage my art, I get really scared about it. Like, oh, damn, I'm on the wrong side of 25. And the idea of an old rapper, right? An adult, not even old, just like a grown person <laughs> For in sure. the room of hip hop. Sure. Uh, used to be like whack jo- sauce, whack juice sauce. Whack, the sauce was whack, juicy whack, whack juice, whack sauce. You I see, see where I'm at. I see yeah, being old used to be whack sauce. <laughs> McDonald's whack sauce? Let's go. <laughs> um, and, 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 yeah, how how does that how do you navigate that insecurity pushing through that? And do you feel like it's changing a little bit in terms of like new space for maturity? For sure. I think that it's changing. When you look at like West Side Gun and Yeah, all shout out guys, Gazelle. Like, you know, Even uh, though they killing niggas and serving packs, that shit still feels mature. <laughs> you feel me? Like it's just it's crazy. You know what I mean? But I they but they do it, they do it with a presence yeah, of yeah, self yeah. and a confidence <laughs> that only comes with age. Oh, it's purpose in their voices. <laughs> There's some <laughs> retrospect in there. You know what I'm saying? Like Dog, I like I like luxury drug, drug reps. Um, I once heard someone say that that genre and and much of hip hop overall is like I hate what they're saying, but I love how they say it. It's like yeah, that's like the real. perfect example to me of like, like I dis- God, this sounds good. <laughs> I disagree with everything you're saying, but I just want to be you. <laughs> right, exactly. Like man, like what does it feel like in that mid coat in the fucking like, oh. like right now, dog? Is it you warm? told her what? Uh, <laughs> Exactly. That's horrible. (laughs) I've never wanted to live in Buffalo before. Like you made me want to live in Buffalo, bro. Like I want to. I want to move across the Jersey interstate as much. You know what I'm saying? Like turnpike as much as possible. And I've been on the New Jersey turnpike. It is not a pleasant drive. Like that's not something to aspire to. From Philly, I took that trip. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's nothing. There's nothing scenic about it. Shit ton of tolls. There's traffic. Literally stuck on behind trucks. It's gross. It's always gray. I've never seen. Sunshine on that part of the city. That's true. Oh. So, dr- drugs aside, how's maturity as <laughs> feel it as you you are growing into your your adult artistry? You know, one of these things that uh, my grandmother told me is that there's someone always older than you. Hey, you know what I'm saying? And there's someone who's seen more sun sunsets and sunrises, you know, uh, and sunrises than you. In, in that respect, besides Westernized culture, we're the only ones who who glorify youth over wisdom and aging you know what i'm saying like literally we're the only one who push this narrative like you know you to be young like you know what i'm saying most countries take care of their uh their elders like you know what i'm saying hold them to a high regard and esteem or whatever like that america we throw them in nursing homes and like try like all of our cinema pieces are about like not meeting the parents or grandparents and be like damn your parents parents coming over oh like you know what i'm saying it's always <laughs> that type of thing and for some odd reason, we don't, you know, I think I started having conversations with like my grandmother and like um, starting to realize like her journey, her struggle, you know what I'm saying? And it's just that they're in. To me, uh, I found like the dopeness in those aspects and, and like her aging and how graceful she's aged. Um, and I think the same thing has to be said because if we're talking about music in general, artistry and in general or whatever like that, this is based on perspective. So how could you cut off 
a perspective at a certain point in time and be like, hey, like we don't want this side of it. And then I watch artists, you know, struggle with that, uh, specifically like Andre 3000, who's just like, I won't drop another album because nobody want to hear my old nigga raps. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, <"Bro>, we do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, we do, bro. Like, and I'm like, who are you talking to? Who told mm, you this? Who lied to you? told him that. <laughs> you feel him? No, I like, nobody want to hear you, bro. <laughs> nobody want to hear anything you got to say. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that's not the case. Uh, yeah. Please tell me. So back that. to the back to the to the track. Yeah, I, I, I can get into the lyrics. I, I don't want to move past the music though. Um, is that is that a live trumpet I'm hearing on there? Yes, that's a uh, Ozzy Burns. Uh, ah, the ah shout like out to that. the yeah, yeah. So in this piece, yeah. and, and you can go wider than this song throughout the album, can you talk through how your process of collaborating with, with live musicians works? I feel like I heard a guitar later towards the end, mm-hmm. a guitar solo. Yeah, Carson uh, Yeah, yeah. How do you in conversation with the P, obviously, make those selections of where you want live instrumentation and how did it end, end up here? Well, you know, especially coming from the them people background, we've always like kind of, you know, teeter-tottered in the production aspect of it. So like with uh, the P, the P would, um, he's based in Montreal. So there's a lot of stuff that he can't do because we're just too far away from each other. I think we recorded probably one of these records actually in Montreal. Mm. Um, all the rest of the records I recorded like right here. And so- if I hear something or whatever like that, and I think at the end of Craig, there's this this part where like those you, 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 that, that shit right there sounded like really 90s to me or whatever like that. Um, and then it also gave away like this almost like um, I want to think of like a Disney cartoon of like uh, like the Goofy movie or fucking uh, <laughs> Emperor's New Groove mm-hmm. or something like that. Dun, 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 like mm. type sound <laughs> right there or whatever like that and um because i just wanted it to like hit a hit a climax um and i think trumpets do that perfectly they transition into a climax really really good like you know what i'm saying like and also make way for crystal's voice that then comes through so the dun dun dun, dun is for her to then have this shining moment The way you were describing that, talking about Other Side of 25, if we were like um, 35, 40 years ago, like you, the band leader, would have been so hot. Is that something that you could see yourself like if we were in another era, would you be the dude like doing the, you know, the horn stab arm behind you, the James Brown stuff? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. That is crazy because now that the album's out and it's, it's done or whatever like that, I can only hear it now in what I want to do live to mm-hmm. it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? And like, I, like I play free trial now and there's six new parts that I've put on there specifically for a live show. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's insane because that's just literally where my brain ends up going to. One of these years, I'm going to do this shit because now my extent of telling someone to do something on the record goes from me, me mouthing it and then being like, all right, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Versus me being able to write it and mm. like really Quincy Jones this shit and be like, hey, can you play this? You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, and that's where I want to get to. Yeah. Shout out to the music theory. One of the things you're saying right now that we kind of buried the lead on to the fact that we're like on Zoom and we've had this idea and we want to do it and like having to do it remote uh, is we are in a pandemic. We have been mm-hmm. existing through Newsflash. quarantines, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, and so one of the real curiosities we had in wanting to talk to artists is like, how has this crisis shaped your creative process, collaboration? I'm hearing you talk about live. Oh, yeah. And yeah, like, that's, that's not that's immediate, just, right? That's just an imagination. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so whichever part of it feels most significant, uh, just to pivot a little bit while we're talking about this track. Um, pivot! 
how did the situation of our times affect you creatively, affect the way mm. you, you know, work through cover art, the photo shoot, the, the you know, wanting to market, um, the idea of touring immediately or even having release parties is fraught right now. Right. Talk through the challenges, some of the the unsuredness, I'm sure, <laughs> that this pandemic brought to, to, to this really amazing project. The wildest part about all of this is the cover art and all of those aspects were shot last year. It's crazy that it fits so mm-hmm. well now. <laughs> the bags over the head. Um, <laughs> I didn't even think about that part. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it's just it's just super wild or whatever like that. Because um, and I think everything exists in like perfect timing. Because I, I I think for a while like I wanted this project to come out last year. I wanted it to come out twenty seventeen. You know what I'm saying? And it didn't. The luxury that I had of coming into this year was just working on like the surrounding pieces of it rather than like having to work directly Mm. on music and write something about like how I felt right now. Mm. Uh, I call myself like a current events writer. Like I like to talk about where I'm at in that current moment in my life. You know what I'm saying? And the surrounding effects of like the world. Uh, And I can't do that right now. You know what I'm saying? Like I think every song that I've kind of released this year, I've had pre-recorded. It was perfect for me because I was like, oh, thank God. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't have to like try to churn out something new right now or not even something new, but something in a moment in time where I don't feel as inspired. Like everything feels very angry. Like I feel like I would just drop a punk album next. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like me and Jamila have been talking about doing like a, a goth punk album Yo. and shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. And so, but I have been writing and stuff like that. Saba and, and Joseph and them do like this little writing thing over Zoom you know, 16 bars in uh, 16 minutes or whatever like that um, with a bunch of other dope-ass artists like Fem, Matt Muse, all of these guys are in there, uh, Saab, Joseph. Um, they've been doing that since the top of the summer and I like kind of jumped in recently. And um, that's been super inspiring. I see Mick, like, you know what I'm saying? Every now and then, like walking down the street, <laughs> a wave across the street. Are you, um, are you and Mick neighbors? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Mick lives That's right adorable. <laughs> yeah. Mick lives right down the street and Boog lives so like funny. literally like a block away, like right over oh, there. Right. Like, I could, I could this, is like, this is like how people who don't know imagine it is. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, hey, Mick. <laughs> it, was, it was crazier because Mick used to live directly across the street from Boog. Right. I felt like everybody followed me to Pilsen. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody had <laughs> moved. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, everybody followed me right back to Pilsen. Um, so now we're like all <laughs> right around the corner from each other. Um, and so that kind of works out. Boog will call me every now and then. But truth be told, because of like the timing and stuff like that, um, I just sometimes don't feel comfortable going over there. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just of like, course. bro, yeah. when was the last time you got tested, bro? Like, <laughs> he'd be like, you know what I'm saying? I feel like it's a whole different type of relationship. <laughs> and uh, like, But Boog also works in an actual studio as well, outside of his home. So I'm like, bro, I... I don't feel as comfortable coming over there. So sometimes it's just a FaceTime phone call, you know what I'm saying, to lift each other's spirits. And then after that, it's right back to the independent, you know, trying to unravel this ball of yarn that is my life in my house by myself. Yeah. (laughs) So that kind of intimacy, like, it's like, these are people who you knew well beforehand, but having mm-hmm. to have that kind of conversation, you know, Damon and I, we've been doing this remotely since the, since jump and have been pretty much on the same page, but it is just like a level of, as people who think about communication a lot, everyone around is being pushed to have those kinds of like very frank conversations in a way that I know even for me, I'm uncomfortable with. And I'm someone who like thinks about communication and power and how that plays out and safety and all that stuff a lot. And I think 
that's really a challenge, especially when you have like a certain rhythm to how you create together. Yes. Uh, to try to adapt. Yes. Yeah. In the interest of time, let's uh let's go. What did we have? We had C and nine millimeter as the other two. We could do nine mil. Yeah. Yeah. We got we got to talk about the sab joint too a little bit if we. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah. Let's jump back to that yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's black yep. aura, right? Yeah. Yeah. Here. You don't do the high. I mean, I'm a And I turned it to light and then light on my problems, my posture still high. I'ma stand tall, I'm neck tight. I pluck the string like a tweezer, ask about her past. She got amnesia, shit. I do not blame her, we both human beings. That shit don't concern me, y'all don't want no either. Along with the inner peace, I'm home, Aborigine. Throwing stones from a glass to pray, you're not the only one defending me. Light bulbs gone to infinity, I heard you had your boo when she blew. Like spill soup on your suit, it's your life like the boom boom room, baby Ray Charles. I make do with do when vibe in room get turned to boom. You don't do the high, I mean I'm a square. Burn sage, burn sage. I change the vibe, I balance my chair. Burn sage, burn sage. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's he, he's a master. He he is he has reached the level of of genuinely mastering the craft. Um, how did this piece become a collaboration? Did it start as having him in mind, or did you draft it up and like, bro, come come fuck with this? I knew that I wanted to do another record with Sob, and I. I mean, this goes across the bridge, though. I feel the same exact way with like Mick or Smino or anybody else. Like you know, what I'm saying, I, I kind of feel like I always want to kind of get back. Um, they've always welcomed me into their spaces mm-hmm. and I just want to be like, damn, how how does it feel? What happens if I set the stage and, you know what I'm saying, you knock down the pieces. Can you get um, to the psychology of that, right? Because it's it's exciting to be invited, right? They also yeah. have a little bit of, built some platform before, right? They, they might be a few steps ahead. I know there's relationship there, obviously, but like the nature of that ass back, do you question yourself? Does some of that imposter syndrome come up there? Of, of like, Because I know it's got to be hard to resist like, yo, I got a bunch of favors on deck, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah, a bunch yeah, yeah. of... Versus for versus. <laughs> right. And it, it would be right. hard for it to not just be like, look at this all-star cast. Um, so right, just negotiating right. that, that aspect to someone like Sab specifically or Sme, all yeah. How, how hard is that sometimes? It's tough because like in my head, most of the time I'm playing with this feeling of like, they going to think this record trash. They going to be like, this shit not hot. Like, you know what I mean? They're going to be like, this nigga not who I thought he was. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and it goes to a whole, a whole bunch of places. Um, I'm way more comfortable when someone asks me to be on a record because it's like, you've asked me to be here. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there was an invitation, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And now I'm like, 
in my crib wondering if people are going to come to my party. Like, shit, you feel me? Like, oh, the worst feeling. You know what I mean? The worst like, feeling. Six people. Like, the same. Six people see everything. Like, like, like three, three years ago, I had a birthday party and I just became really fixated on the idea that people would be coming in waves. <laughs> oh, God. I was just like, all right, there's eight people here now, but they'll, they'll come in waves. <laughs> At some point, be like, no, I love these eight people. Like, right. that's fine. For real. For real. Uh, and so, like, I think, yeah, I don't know. That's that's fucking sad. <laughs> you ever be the person that gets tired first at your party? Yes, exactly. Oh, You're talking about, damn, I hope they leave, bro. Like, like, or you ever be the person that's like, too many people showed up? Like, like, I sent out, these were spare invitations. Yeah. I didn't know y'all was going to ask me. Y'all come to nothing. Like, um, that's actually what happened the first time that you two met was exactly that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was exactly that scenario. Um, but ha- has it gotten easier to make those asks or, or how did it feel nah. different? This project? No? Same nah, thing? No, nah, it's, it's, the, it's the mantra. It's the don't let it go to your head. It's the feeling of like, you know, even if that is the case, if someone says no, that's not no because you're weak. That's no because like I don't fit right in this song or uh, this isn't for mm-hmm. me or so on and so forth or whatever like that. And that has to be, you have to be comfortable with that. Ego tells you that like, everything I do is raw and everybody will want to be on every last one of these songs that I ever dropped or whatever like that. And that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? Some things just don't fit and some things just don't work. Um, that's why I choose things in, in a very textured type of way because like everybody, like as soon as I dropped the project, everybody that's been a fan of me was like, why Mick not on here, bro? Like, you haven't even listened to the tape. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I got so many DMs about like Mick and Tamino not on here. This is crazy. Like, we're no name at. I'm like, bro. In California. You know what I'm saying? Like, bro, there's nowhere closer. Uh, yeah, I tried to um to make sure that everything fits not because of name. Right. Or anything else, but both because of texture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like Saba was perfect for that record. Yeah. Uh, and it was coming off the heels of us being at the Pivot Gang tour that they were on. Mm-hmm. Pivot! And I came back from Philly up to New York to see them perform or whatever like that. And we were in this green room. There was like a bunch of people in there or whatever like that. And the only thing I could think about is because I played that same venue with Mick. And I remember Mick being up there and he literally... We had just got off stage. Mick was like taking his shirt off and like trying to like dab his sweat, but couldn't like move because people were like, great show, man. Like this is that. There's like a bunch of probably like around 50 people in the smallest dressing room you could think of. Right. And Mick was like, hey, bro, if I don't personally fucking know you, get out. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself like, damn. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, thank God I know him. <laughs> Yeah, first, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that was actually the first, the first thought. The first thought was like, thank God I know him. The second thought was like, why are all these people actually here? Mm-hmm. Like, why What? Yeah. What? Why do you want to be in this room? What is the proximity to uh, someone sweaty and trying to catch their breath? You know, it's that thing when like people are running off, off the court and they mm-hmm. want to get an interview as soon as you just lost the game. Mm-hmm. Hey, Dame Lillard, how do you feel after you just lost the game? About three points of the championship game, you missed the shot. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Like you know, what I'm saying they just want the most frantic thought mm-hmm. that they could get, or they want to feel like I don't know a, a moment of VIP or this, mm-hmm. this, that, and the third. It's the like ego thing, but I think it's also like hacking intimacy, right? Mm. Like the way that we talked about the intimacy of this project, which is like on your terms, it's careful. 
being in that room signals some like, well, we're close in that way or we're connected or I'm part of this thing without having done any of the work of having built that relationship. And Mick broke that motherfucker immediately. (laughs) It was like, (laughs) if I don't know you, get out. And people stayed. That's the weird part. People then stayed that were not there. And he was like, Come on, bro. <laughs> I don't know y'all. He's like, I'm a hard, y'all gonna make me start naming names. I will embarrass you. That I can't. Like, I don't even know the names. Like, you start. know what I'm saying? Like, I don't even know y'all. Point out so like, I'm just gonna tell you exactly. Blue shirt, please, leave, bro. Which I feel, I feel like he would love yeah, to yeah, do, honestly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, if anyone would. Like, <laughs> you feel me? It's like your cuff Yo, isn't your pants even is tacky, bro. Get out, bro. Like, what are those, bro? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, so I think uh, I think that point is then what kind of spawned like this thought of like making this song. Mm-hmm. I think that kind of came afterwards. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm conflicted between two questions. Uh, mm-hmm. Part of it is back to this this notion of collaboration and like how there's mm-hmm. this competitive no- notion and like that mm-hmm. feeling when you get back of like, damn, I just got this fire feature on my mm-hmm. shit. Like, mm-hmm. is there any mm-hmm. of that competitive nature? Uh, but I- I'm also more interested in you vocally in terms of what were the ways in which you were trying to challenge and push yourself in this track and across the mm-hmm. project. Because I think that's the thing that, of all that like click of all stars you just named, that is why you're always on those tracks, right? Is because right, right. of this community, um, you are one of, if not the most creative or innovative or at least risk-taking vocalist that we have. And so on a track like this, where you're getting this master verse, the relationship mm-hmm. of like, damn, he just went <laughs> off. And then what am I trying to do with my voice? Those are the, the curiosities right. I have for you. Yeah. Uh, I think in, in in that space, you just want to set a scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if I had Forrest Whitaker uh, do a <laughs> monologue, you know what I'm saying, in a play that I wrote or whatever like that, like he's uh-huh. going to kill it regardless. Yeah. I, I know it's Forrest Whitaker. It's what he does. You know what I'm saying? The eyes don't... <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. I'm sorry. What a, what a specific <laughs> poem. No, he does love a monologue. That's, that's very accurate. <laughs> He's in the mirror right now. Matter of fact. You literally perfecting one. It's not even for that. us. Yeah. It's for him. Just, you know what I'm just saying? 16 bars and 16 bucks. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You think that you're the only person who can sit here and do what you do? I can do it too. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and so <laughs> Bravo. Bravo. And scene. Oh. Uh but I think um for that, you you kind of just want to set the scene. And one of one of the things I wanted to do vocally throughout this entire album is I didn't want any two songs to sound the same. But how do you make a bunch of songs that don't sound the same, but also seamlessly move together? So that setting the scene aspect for Saab then became uh, a situation in which if I know that his voice is going to exist in like this kind of timber, then I'm going to go up a little bit higher just to make it on some of the harmonics of the this situation. I'm going to mm-hmm. just uh, exist in this higher space right here because the relationship between those two uh sounds beautiful to me in my head mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying like creating a harmony like if i played these two keys at the exact same time what would that sound like and so i want to do that with the voicing you know what i'm saying of all of the records for that matter and then it's just like these all go together now if that makes sense mm, yeah well, and we're also kind of like asking you to explain impossible things to us. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> it's like creative stuff. But it is true, like what Dame said, and then it makes sense the way you mentioned that the vocal inventiveness mm. and the like harmonic inventiveness, that's always been what I've loved about your music. Like oh, they're you. I, going back, like um, everybody wants to rule the world, like just these risks the like ambitiousness mm. over the polishness. Mm. And that doesn't mean that it doesn't sound correct mm. or right or beautiful, but it's like this, it's more important that this go where it's supposed to go than that. Like 
I know that I've done this a million times before and can sing that note. Because there's a lot of people who do really ambitious vocal things, Mm. but you can tell they've done it a million times. It's like, you know, the same spin move or the same dance move. It's like, there's a willingness from you. And I think it's some of that vulnerability we were talking about. I'm curious for you how premeditated those types of vocal innovations are like are are you building those particular tools the same way like a basketball player like practice the crossover to the left hand a million times or is it more ecstatic in, in the moment there's definitely improvisation to it but like i do think that like i wouldn't be able to actually execute the record unless i was recording it and dame that's actually mm-hmm. what you witnessed that mm-hmm, day mm-hmm. which was like a situation of me figuring out exactly how this delivery would happen. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because the voice that I hear in my head is not actually what I sound like. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, how do I then accomplish this voice or whatever like that? So then it's the the trial and error version of it, which then turns into the two, three song aspect of it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? For concept and sound wise, where it's just like, so I've had two bad games and <laughs> they were exhibitions. And then this happens just to be the championship game. And I, but I've practiced these moves. I've seen exactly where what moves they're going to make or whatever like that. Now that sparring has paid off and I can actually do what I want to do. That's such an interesting approach to editing. Instead of like, I'm going to be <laughs> meticulous in this one space. I'm going to try it a bunch of times. And then, yeah, the, the selection out of that. Doing that process, do you ever marry or merge some of those separate pieces or do they usually live yes. separate? okay did any of that happen in the project yes uh i think um there are parts uh that i had on other songs that like they just fit better in this space you know what i'm saying or like to make this easier i have to explain the the brain process i think i've may have told y'all this, but like the way my brain works as far as ideas go is to think of it as a grenade, right? You throw it or whatever like that and it explodes or whatever like that. Shrap metal, everything goes around this, this, that, third or whatever like that. In my brain, when that happens, it happens really fast sometimes. Uh, or in life, it happens really, really quickly. So my my <laughs> my job is to like try to slow it down mm. as much as I possibly can and grab as many pieces out of it as I can and then mm. run to the other side and sort them out. You know what I'm saying? So that sorting process that happens is like me sitting it all down and like executing it over and over again. The thing that I've found that works the best now is making that grenade go off several times and then keep on taking as many pieces and then I'll combine the pieces later. Rather than trying to grab every piece every time. Yeah, because it's just like it's it's working smarter, not harder. Because if I keep on trying to do that, I'm going to miss some pieces. I'm going to miss a lot of things. So a lot of things I come back to, uh, I'll record a verse or a chorus or a bridge, or I'll be like, what would this sound like if it's just like a Forrest Whitaker monologue into, you know what I'm saying? Was this your first Whitaker impersonation? Did you just pull that out your pocket? That was, that was on the spot. That was on the spot. That was impressive. Incredibly (laughs) impressive. We we, we skipped right over that. That was was muddy right there. Where, um, (laughs) yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that piece, Black Aura, we burn in sage. It's a gift. It's, It's really being able to see two, courageous masters, you know, you know, play. So thank you for that. Let's go to see. Thank you. Okay. Never make the same vibes 
Knowing all that we know now Now we both grown Staring at these for whoa How we get trapped in this room Growing up too fast And this ain't gone too soon This shit's gonna be so beautiful live. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is the like like halfway through the show, sit on the mm-hmm. stool, yeah. the spotlight comes down, just the bass line. Yeah. yeah. What's the stage lighting? Like a cool purple yeah, blue. Yeah. What are we seeing? <laughs> purple like a red and blue. Blue on the face, red mm-hmm. on, the, on, on the stage, yeah. Mm-hmm. Who this love from All of it and how much hurt is this love worth I'm far from there for being perfect I'm not afraid neither are you Sure, the P walks around with an upright bass. That's so funny. Which of of all the instruments to have to walk around with? It's a difficult one. <laughs> so for real. I'm really glad we're here because this is a big question I have. Like almost a, a very important philosophical framing. That I think it's common that we're all wrestling with, but I think it's of such importance. This this song is in real conversation with faux desires of the relationship between need and want. It's something I think about a lot. Anybody who really, really listens to the show know that I obsess over this book called Revolution and Evolution of the 20th Century, written by James and Grace Lee Boggs out of Detroit in 1974. And one of the things they speak about in terms of how we need to transform society towards more revolutionary ends is everyone on a personal and collective level need to wrestle with the relationship between desire and needs. And a big Mm. part of like even the exploitation of American capitalism, even like Mm. the ED that's exploiting the budgets, right, is this prioritizing of privileged wants or desires over needs for survival development you know, particularly for folks who uh, are being marginalized in some type of way. So in these Mm -hmm. two tracks, in these very intimate ways, you are talking about this relationship between need and want. What pushed you there and where are you at in terms of prioritizing what your needs are versus desires, which can be more superficial or temporary? Yeah. uh, uh, 
Big question. I, I, I tried to preface. That's yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know. Um, God often doesn't give me what I want. Mm. Like you know what I'm saying. <laughs> like it's, it's, it just is what it is. Because of that, I started to realize like the the relationship of the things that I needed at the moment or whatever like that. Um, uh, which is shelter, food. You know what I'm saying. The ability yeah. to you know create and to to live and provide for uh, my family and shit like that. So like. I can't go outside of that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I always think that even if I, like if, if my budget increased, it would be because the demand also increased as well. I don't think that it would be a situation in which I just had an exorbitant amount of money for, for no fucking reason. It's also like this internal thing of like, upon growing up, I thought that like, I want this, like I want a person who is, is let, let's just talk about like relationship wise. Like a per, I want a person who does this, 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 that, and third. I remember asking for this. This is so crazy, dog. I've never said this shit out loud. I remember asking for this and like, and, and partners, right? Being like, I want this, 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 that, and third from this person. And I would get it. And I would be like, damn, that's not what I want. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Like, this is crazy. And then, like, it happened, like, on several more occasions. And I was like, nah, nah, I'm done. I'm done. Like, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know what I need. You know what I'm saying? Because right. what I want is obviously not what I need. Yeah. Relationships are like the easiest place to see that. Because you can have that, like you said, that laundry list of wants. And usually it goes the way you just described. Of like, turns out that was some some you shit that you needed from yourself, not something you wanted from somebody else. The skit that's in front of this record is a real skit. This is, I have this this terrible habit of like audio recording my partners as we're in arguments. It's so funny to me. Uh, <laughs> you say habit like it's a mistake or you know that you're doing it. Uh, I'm done doing it okay, now. Okay. It was a mistake then. It was a mistake more so because I wanted to be like, oh, this sounds so fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we need some documentation. That's what you're saying. Yeah. No, 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 no. Yeah. I was pushing it towards that in order for me to get, I know that what I'm about to say is going to get a response and I know the response that I want. So I'm going to say this and then I'm going to press record and I hope that you say what I think you're going to say. <laughs> it's a dangerous game, my friend. <laughs> yeah, she did it or whatever like that. But what she said is not what I wanted to hear. Mm. You know what I'm saying? What she said is what I needed to hear. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Which mm-hmm. was, I, I think the whole beginning part is like, I don't, I, I don't want to do this random shit with you. I want it. I want perfect. I want, you know what I'm saying? I want perfect with you or whatever like that. And then at the end, uh, there's a part where she says, no, no, you want your version of perfect. And that shit shook me to my core because this entire time before I delved into like this perspective aspect of like uh, of uh, of thinking, I was looking at my vision of what perfect is as like a overall, you know, general sense right. of perfection. Like, you know what I'm saying? But if you ask me, you, you know what I'm saying? And, and all of us like in this room, like, what your idea for perfect would be, we would explain three different things. And hopefully a couple yeah. things would be on, you know what I'm saying, kind of be similar or whatever like that. But the majority of that shit is going to be different. I was so egotistical, you know what I'm saying, in, in, in our relationship that I thought that my idea of perfect was what she wanted as well. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it was more so because of like, my shortcomings and stuff like that. So now I need you to pick up on this thing that I don't want to fix in myself. I want you to do this other thing and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, which then just became a situation of like also those wants and needs aspect of like, I don't need any of this shit. 
like, and that was just a metaphor for life at that point in time. Because then after that, I started looking at everything else the same exact way. Mm. I was just thinking about the Chappelle home stenographer. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a step up because this captures tone, which is something that I mm. wrestle into. It's not even the content of what is said. But then there is this never reconcilable argument about the how it was said. And we can't get no replay yeah. on that unless... I was prepared with the record. So it sounds sticky, but I might, oh no, have that in my toolbox at some point. I don't know. It sounds like a great way to be right and a bad way to be happy. <laughs> it's a terrible thing. Don't do that no, no, I'm not going to do that. That's just terrible, man. I don't do that shit. The worst thing that you could ever it's do. Like, it's like, what, what did you say you said? Yeah. No. Yeah. How would you feel about making this fight a podcast? Exactly. Exactly. So, so exactly. talking about this, you know, this, kind of ego-driven interaction and partnership. I feel like in the song, there's this rejection of some of this perfection. I hear you now also wrestling with some of, you know, poetically, but also it feels like in real life, some of the ways in which these things have have come up and maybe caused tension. How has unpacking those dynamics, particularly intimately, challenged you or opened you up in terms of your masculinity and relationship to women mm-hmm. in general? Because I know that's something that, that I've heard you wrestle with more uh, even yeah. this year. And so, yeah, using that kind of, we only have to call it conflict, but that relationship right. dynamic of these combating perfections uh, where you want yours to, to ride out, how does that challenge you as a man? Uh uh, to the core. Um, <laughs> I told you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To the I'm, core. <laughs> I, I see what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, my bad. Man, I can't help myself. <laughs> nah, I want that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, uh, I, I feel like I've been breaking myself down as the years have gone along. But I think that the people around me are directly the tools that, that have done it. Like, you know what I'm saying? There are the hands and the chisel that is chipping away at like all of these pieces that I thought I needed. There was so much that I, that I thought that I knew. Uh, and that once my eyes got open more so to different perspectives and specifically in my partners or whatever, it was a place that I was like, Oh, I'm tweaking. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, Oh, and I've been tweaking for a very long time. I'm so sorry. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Um, this is a, this is a long term <laughs> tweak. Yeah, and I think like so so many times like I've found myself in relationships sp- specifically because I didn't want to be alone, and I knew mm. already that I was wasting someone's time mm. uh, because I'm like I'm not looking for the thing that you're looking for, but I just want somebody to be here. So instead of that, I've taken away your ability to say whether or not you would stay here or not. You know what I'm saying? Because I didn't give you. The opening of like the truth of like, yo, I'm not ready for this or all I want from this is a physical relationship or this is that and the third and seeing what happens from that point on. Um, and I think the the one thing that I that I kind of want to move more intention with is uh, the, the aspect of consent with people's full autonomy of like their 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 full uh, emotions and like because I, I don't think that it just comes from the physical aspect. It comes from also like this emotional aspect. And I have to give you. Uh, if I'm going to do some fuck shit, I should tell you that I pr- I'm prepared. Like I'm, yeah. this is fuck shit that I'm about to get into, and then, and and you should be able to say like, I'm down with the fuck shit for the day, or like you know, I do not consent to the, the fuck, fuck shit. Exactly. exactly, I did not consent to the fuck shit. I didn't sign off on this. Um, and I think so often as men, we've we've done this thing where it's just like, dog, like my lies are 
to protect you. The reason why I haven't told you exactly who I am is because like it's protecting you in some way, shape or form. When in actuality, it's a very selfish and egotistical mm. and toxic mm. uh, trait that we have. Man, that's so that's so real. One, thank you for that vulnerability. Um, mm. So you're kind of R&B adjacent. Just to let you know, right? Mm-hmm. And so we yeah. used to have this game called Beef with an R&B Singer. I don't know if, I don't know if we played it with you. Uh, we played. Okay, so some of it was just to be silly and like to clash, you know, a trope of hip hop and a trope of R&B, which are sometimes considered opposites and us being playful. But it, under it, it was really using humor as a way to critique patriarchy and popular culture. And one of the things we started to pull out is that all of these R&B singers through the generations have been really abusive in their real mm. life which then exactly. made me have another ear for the music of, in a lot of ways, romance to this idea of you have an intimate piece that's not built on romance. Uh, mm-hmm. Being able to sing, being able to, to flip a phrase, being able to understand harmony has been used as a way to like promote patriarchy or to, yes. to situate this abuse or gaslight abuse in ways that like is very different from the level of accountability or at least vulnerability you just shared. Yeah. So as you are aware of some of these dynamics of like manipulation, how do you challenge yourself to not be manipulative in, in the art or to be mm. honest or transparent and not just use your gifts to make yourself sound good or to make yourself right, right? Like to use the recording proverbially to just feed your own ego. Uh, a point that my homie, uh, Matt Joint brought up about this project is I play the anti-hero the entire project. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that mm-hmm. comes from the the imposter syndrome more of the <laughs> self-deprecating thing. Yeah, like I don't know if it plays from that thing, but I do think it comes from a place of like, I can tell you what I did wrong. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm really good at that. I'm really good at like telling you exactly what I did wrong. I can also make a love song just for the sake of making a love song that like I know will hit and do all the, I know the I know the cues, I know the points, I know where to where to hit or whatever like that, but I also know there's enough of that shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> there's enough of that shit, dog. Like like miscommunication is a song about ghosting someone and her literally cursing me out across the song. Like, shut up, bro. Like, the whole ending part of the song is like, bro, stop talking to me. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I was like, but I've never heard anybody make the song about ghosting from the perspective of the person who did the ghosting and then tried to pop back up. Like, hey, what's up, yo? You free? Like, no. Like, why are you texting me? Like, you know what I'm saying? And um, I saw the fault in a lot of my ways or whatever like that. And those songs damn near wrote themselves because it was just like... uh this perspective hasn't been shared. And also it's a way to like start that fight back. Like, you know what I'm saying? Of this self-accountability, like, you know what I'm saying? Of accountability in general, of being like, hey, bro, I did this. I'm wrong for this or whatever like that. I think we need a lot more Ruben Stutters. I'm sorry for 2004. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's a hilarious hill to die on. <laughs> I just think. He just fucked up making a song with yeah. the year in the title. You know what I'm saying? Like, he shouldn't have put. We were with you. Yeah, you why'd you put 2004, he bro? Like, he didn't realize gonna, no one else was going to apologize for 16 years. We've been waiting no, no years. for another apology. No <laughs> and now it's dated. That was, that was our apology. The last time a nigga apologized was 2004. Like, what was the last apology? I'm just trying to make up for Ruben, bro. Shout out Ruben. Oh, man. Oh, young stuttered. Um, Oh, That's I, how he I, should I, rebrand. He should definitely <laughs> rebrand as Young Stutter. That was young Stutter. Oh my god! 
But what I love about what you just said, you, you pulled out this idea of like, I can name the things I did wrong really, really well. Mm-hmm. And I think that so much of what I've learned in those types of accountability conversations is it's actually about leaving open the room for someone else to name it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes one, we're wrong <laughs> about what we did wrong. But also by naming it, you in some ways it closes the door for the other person to have the agency mm. To, mm. to talk about the impact of it, right? It becomes like, I did this, I have to handle this. It brings the attention back to you as opposed to like centering the person who was actually harmed by the thing. And sometimes they might not actually need an apology. They might need something else. Or they might need an apology and this type of accounting for it. Or you might have a complicated relation. But by saying like, no, I did this. I'm going to handle it. I got it. It's mm. another type of that. It can, it's it a can form be of another control. type of that, like protection. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like mm. what I'm trying to get toward is this, like, I see that what I did had this effect or contributed to this effect. What mm. was going on for you? And then let me hear that rather than guessing or or trying to fill in the blank of, of what I did. And I think like that's that's part of that like flattening of that power imbalance or giving yes. up of that control um, is going like maybe I actually if I have comfort in naming what I did wrong, mm-hmm. I should let myself be uncomfortable and let someone else answer that question instead of me. Mm. Um, A good pop culture example of that right now and it's not in the romantic sense i don't know if y'all saw mm-hmm. the uh, red table talk with will smith and uh Janet hubert first on viv mm-hmm. i haven't oh, watched yes. it. Yeah. I see that. Yeah. I that but the first thing that happened to your point was like she asked him why and he stopped and he was about to defend himself a couple of times and he was like wait i've never heard your story about this um, <laughs> and like i don't know not to make this about will smith but i just feel like that was a good like we all grew up on Fresh Prince, like popular culture reference to that notion of how accountability can work in real time. The last 10 minutes have proven that we are on the wrong side of the <laughs> Ruben stuttered, Will Smith references. <laughs> we just have to own this. All right. For let's real. let's play let's play one more. Do you want to do nine millimeter or you want to do Atlas Complex? I mean, nine millimeter is like short though. Nine millimeter is like super short. So it's up this this uh, up to you. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. Step out, step up, ain't no work by me stepped on. Baby mother had herself a baby boy. Kid got him a stepson, step one. She is who you think she ain't. He ain't who you think she is. Just a rebound, you play paint. Chicago put that on they kids. Back to my old baby mother. That my sister, that my brother. That's my son, just cut my color. All my homies doing this. Someone got I got to live. I ain't raising shit but my Somehow become a man You bet not not fucking die You bet not not fucking die Back to your Regularly Schedule programming Sorry for the interruption Sorry for the interruption Sorry for the interruption Sorry for the interruption Thank you.
one just like the the, the vocal on that verse uh, i had to like check i'm like is this bro like i didn't know if you had another little <laughs> feature that you snuck out <laughs> <laughs> everybody couple asked me was that jid i was like brad that was like the first thing that happened uh, i was like damn you ain't mentioned jid <laughs> like trust me i would have <laughs> i, I would have definitely told y'all jid <laughs> But it's good to hear you rap also. Thank you, man. I'll be missing that shit every now and then. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, we kind of, in our last conversation, um, got into what I was pulled out, that that apology. But what was the interruption for you? Uh, The interruption is uh, interrupting spaces uh, (laughs) in this particular instance of, like, this song was directly... You know those people who always say, like, dog, I'm sick of seeing this type of movie or this, this, that, and the third, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, like, why they always got to show, like, Black Struggle and this, this, that, and the third, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, or the movie or whatever like that. Or, like, not even just in a movie, on the news or this, this, that, and the third or whatever like that. And I was like, well, if it wasn't happening, then probably we wouldn't see as much of this as we want to or whatever like that. So I wanted to, in the middle of the album, um, not even the middle, but, like, the ending of the album to be like, hey... Just one more thing, Black Death. All right, now I'm out. And so it's this story that then gets told uh, uh, about this kid or whatever, like that. Where this, you know, this at the end of the at the end of the song, this, this dude is like, "Well, I'm not gonna raise him and shit. Like, fuck it then. Here, you take this, you raise yourself, and you better not fucking die. I haven't given you anything, no resources, no nothing, no possibility mm. for you to live through this, nothing at all. But I'm, I'm, I swear to God, if you die, I'm gonna kill you myself." Like, you know what I mean? To like, what would that sound like if someone said that to someone? That's the fuck you that I, I've heard damn near all my life. So for that, I wanted to then put that interruption in the middle of that shit. The sorry is not really a sorry. That's <laughs> it's like, like tongue so, in cheek there. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's not really a sorry. That wasn't like, you know what I mean? It's uh, the infomercial that happens in the middle of the of the episode. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. You're like, when you mm-hmm. go to sleep and you thought that you were watching Fresh Prince and you wake up and it's literally Cutco, something yeah like, yeah and i'm saying like sharp knife yeah. <laughs> have you ever wanted to cuss yeah. them like this been on for the past half hour no wonder i was <laughs> killing all these motherfuckers in this dream exactly like damn uh see you like what the yeah. fuck is happening yeah so yeah that's kind of out of camera so so i have a big picture i just really like that track and wanted to hear it i have a big picture kind of like leading into concluding question how has this as a a healing work for yourself been an effective meditation on you releasing or not letting it go to your head? Mm. Whether it was creating it or putting it out in the world and now receiving the response. Putting it out in the world is uh, kind of like that uh, the apology thing that, uh, that Dan was talking about. In the aspect of like, this is my part of the conversation and now it's open to be like, hey, like, you know, how did this affect you? You know what I'm saying? Whereas like mm. the conversations that came after this along with like my dad or my sisters or like anybody else, were conversations that I'd already had before, but I think it opened up the door to be like, oh, damn, I didn't know you felt like this. You know what I'm saying? Because I was able to get out a full thought and then they were able to give me a full thought and response without interruptions on either side, along with my partners as well. Um, And I think the healing aspect from that comes from like me knowing or me trying to to not really, (laughs) I don't want to say let it go to my head uh but like trying to <laughs> to uh understand the steps that have led me here and uh if i wanted to show growth in a movie right from like three to 68 or something like that right <laughs> mm-hmm. you show a montage you show like this very fast version of like what's happening um this snapshot version of what's happened through this person's life or whatever 
but in that, if in, in a good movie or whatever like that, you punch in at certain points and like you kind of expand on like, well, this was a pivotal point and this was a pivotal point and so on and so forth. Um, for me, part of that journey or whatever like that over, I think the past four years, which is crazy because I think the last time we did this was when summer camp dropped and now we're doing this, for this <laughs> which is wild as hell. I wanted to then point at those things that kind of have like, this is just the montage of it, right? And so through that montage, I was able to then look at this timeline on a wall and kind of look at myself uh, in this snapshot image in a way that I think is harder to do when someone just was like, so what have you learned in the past four years? Like, you know what I'm saying? It was fully autonomous itself. Like, you know, and, and when it came out, I, it, there was parts of this that I was like, this is embarrassing to my fucking self. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so I think the healing aspect of watching other people heal through it as well or be able to listen to those these records in this in this way where they're breaking down just use me as an example or whatever like that like as say sorry how, <laughs> you know what i'm saying of just how to start that sorry like you know what i mean of how to start that sorry um yeah it makes me think of what you said about how when you typically write you're writing like in the moment when you are and trying to capture that and that some of that like retrospect of putting the project together enables you to go back to those moments and maybe view them a different way or understand them yes. better or understand yourself better is what it sounds like. Yes. A lot of the points that I made in summer camp, I completely disagree with today. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, and so it's just like, I'm pretty sure I'll probably feel the same way about this four years from now. Or maybe I won't. I don't know. Um, Isn't that fun? I no. Sometimes you gotta let people say what their experience is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 right. All right. I want to thank you for taking yeah. this time and going through. Um, so gracious. No problem. The project no problem. has been really like a yeah, a balm and a salve and a challenge and a a, a beautiful like companion over the last couple weeks. And more kind of overall, your music has been that just personally for a long time. Um, so mm, thanks thank for doing what you do. Um, and thank you for, for trying out this format and having a little listening party with us. This, um, is, this is fun. This is dope, man. Thank y'all for the space and the, of the course. time to like kind of break down the thoughts. Uh, and let me go off on tangents. <laughs> we, <laughs> sure we are a, we are a tangent safe, safe space. space. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nah, I, tangent safe space. I fucking love it. Bro. Oh, I love and it. the door is always open for you. So if you ever need to process some tangents, we're, we're here to help yeah. you work through them. <laughs> Let's fucking go. The mind. Yeah. Thank you so much. Don't Thank let it go to your head. If you haven't heard, if this was your introduction to the piece, go and listen to it all in entirety. And then when you go to sleep, just play it on repeat silently to get them streams up. Um, on title. Yeah, on title. yeah, yeah. I That's, did follow your instructions, by the way. Did you see that when I shared the screen? I am a title yeah. listener, so I felt, I felt hurt. Let's go. Um, yeah, man, man. <laughs> Big bro, I love you, man. I really do appreciate you. You, you, you are always a spirit that, that uplifts mine whenever we're able to, to cross paths. So thank you for this and being so open with your work and your art. And it, it is an example for us. So I, I, am, in, I am in deep appreciation. Appreciate y'all, man. Love y'all deeply, man. Thank you. And we'll be back on the line showcasing the folks reshaping the culture of our city and world for the more equitable and creative. Much love to the people. Peace. I often wonder about the things you never tell me or forget to me.